0: Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast. This episode is Helpline with Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire, Chris Minot. If she can't help you, nobody can. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love and this episode of Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue. Chris joins us every week to answer your questions whether it's about bringing a baby home, feeding, settling, any question it might be uh, about behaviour issues or sibling relationships. Chris has all the answers don't you Chris? Uh, We attempt to. (laughs) (laughs) She does. Don't let that that deceive you. So if you'd like to ask a question of Chris, there are a number of ways you can do it. If you've joined us for the Facebook Live, you can pop your comments below the video. Um, If you are watching us live, you can also give us a call on 1-800-543-772. And if you are listening to us via the podcast and would like to ask Chris a question, um, you can give us a, send us an email to help. At theparentbrand.com.au. So those are your options and we'll get cracking on some of the questions that we have today. This first one comes from Ellie who has a 16-month-old. I'm after some advice regarding the impending daylight savings end. My 16-month-old girl has unfortunately been sick or teething these past few weeks. And so the suggested suggested move everything 15 minutes every few days has not been possible. Apparently, Ellie found this on Google when she searched it. Uh, What do most people do when daylight savings ends this Sunday? Um, Is there anything I can do with a few days left? How can I expect, what can I expect in terms of her behaviour? Will they just be totally tired and unmanageable? Um, and is it a case of allowing a few days, weeks of forcing new bedtime, mealtimes, nap times? No. So <laughs> You've got one simple answer for this, uh, no. which, is, is, which is interesting, Ellie, because it is something that a lot of people wonder about. A lot about. of people overthink it. Okay. So we don't think about that
1: in ourselves, do we? We don't go, Oh, there's gonna be an hour less, so oh, should I go to bed? Are you earlier kidding me?
0: I go, is it do I get an extra hour sleep in or not? That's all. Yeah, I that's about. all
1: the adults think about. Which <laughs> way are we going? So do we get the extra or not? But with children you don't get the extra. They just wake up in their set time frame. It's only one hour. So it's not like we've gone to Europe and you might have like a nine hour delay. Yep,
0: yep.
1: It's only one hour. So I don't do anything. I just absorb the hour in the day. So to, this weekend, we're going to go backwards. So uh, babies that have been waking at, say, 6.30 will wake at 5.30. And my object in the day is to get back to their bedtime. So say we have our typical going to bed at 7 o'clock. That little baby might need to, depending on its age, might need to sleep longer in its sleeping, sleep cycles. So you might give them... Um, if a little bit longer in their bed, or you could give them a little bit of an extra nap at the end of the day. So if they got up at 5.30 and they are a six month old, you might put them down around 7, 7 7.30. Then they'd have one, another sleep around 12, but then they might need a little half hour sleep at four o'clock so that they end up going back to bed at seven o'clock. And then it's just absorbed in that one day. I think we overthink it. And like Ellie sort of said, if you're adjusting 15 minutes over the four days beforehand, 15 minutes to a little baby is nothing. That doesn't make a significant difference in their day. But with a lovely little 16-month-old, you could pop them to bed a little bit early and let them sleep a little bit longer. Or you could put them to bed between 6.30 and 7.00. But it is an incredibly popular question, what do I do about daylight saving? I actually think it's harder going forward than it is going backwards. But the object of the game is to
0: absorb that one hour during your day. There you go. You don't have to worry about it and just take it in your stride on Sunday.
1: Yeah, it's a Sunday. It's no, you know, lots of people ring me and say for the next week it's all about daylight saving, but it's not. It's absorbed in that
0: one day or that first night. And I love that. Uh, you've just answered my question, that I do get an extra hour sleep if only my children children. will stay in bed. So I get an extra hour sleep. okay, (laughs) Chris. You don't say that to a bunch of mothers.
1: No, no, sorry. Um,
0: (laughs) We have a question from Alex on the phone, so let's pop our headphones on. Alex has a 15-month-old who has been sick and teething and also trying to drop to one day sleep. Alex, how are you?
2: Oh, I'm good. Thank you for taking my call.
0: Pleasure. Now, um, it says here that your little one wakes up hysterical. Is that um what you're trying to stop?
2: Yes. So at the moment, he's, he's normally a self-settler and we've been quite lucky. Um, but now he's been waking up once or twice a night, um, really hysterical, throwing himself around the cot. Um, and I'm wondering if it's becoming a behavioral issue, if he's Having difficulty adjusting to one sleep, yeah. or if it's just pain, yeah. um, and that he needs some help dealing with that.
1: Okay, so he, um, you said he's fifteen months old. What time do you do his day
2: sleep? His day sleep at the moment's eleven thirty.
1: Yeah, and how he, long does he sleep for?
2: No longer than an hour and forty minutes. With. We do try to resettle, but it's difficult.
1: Difficult. Okay, so that might be one area that's leading into this behaviour because if he's having only an hour and 40 minutes at 11.30, he's got a very long day from then on um, and he might be overtired when you put him to bed at night. So what time do you pop him into bed at night?
2: I've been trying to get him to sleep around quarter past six to 6.30 um, to make up for that That gap. That car? Yeah. Today I've given up and just given him two sleeps.
1: (laughs) I think you're probably right. But what I would do is give him a really little morning sleep, like a little half-hour sleep, you know, in a pram, in a car, on the go and then move him back to his lunchtime sleep where he was doing before that might have been around that 1, 1.30 window. And just see if that makes a difference with his behaviour at night because what you've described does sound like a baby who's got themselves overtired and then they're really overtired when they wake up at night. But the other thing it does sound like, because you said that he thrashes around when he wakes up hysterical, could be the start of some night terrors, which do happen or could happen in or around this time. So you might have two things going. Because he's getting himself overtired in the day, he's then really overtired when he's sleeping at night and that might be triggering off some um, night terrors. So that's that really aggressive thrashing around behavior that you see. It's almost like they want you in the room but they don't want you in the room and um, that could be stemmed by the fact that he is overtired but it is also an age-related thing. So I think you might have two different things going on at the same time.
2: But, usually, usually, I can console him, but it's like oh, being there makes it more worse. difficult. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that sounds more like overtiredness. So I'd go back to your two sleeps in the day, try that for another two weeks, and then do a slow transition. Now, as he gets closer to 16 months, he might be able to tolerate staying awake till 12 o'clock. And therefore that two hour sleep would push to two o'clock and that would push his day out. His sleep would be more even across the day and he might not be so overtired. But usually when they drop to one sleep in the day, they need a good two to two and a half hours to make up for the effect of moving to one sleep to be able to cope with the whole day being about eleven and a half,
0: twelve hours long.
2: Thank you so much.
0: That's a pleasure, Alex. Good luck. Bye. Bye-bye, Alex. Uh, We have a question from Beck. My son is two and a half years old. He constantly wakes at 5.30 a.m. How do I get him to sleep till 7? He goes to bed at 7 p.m. and has a one and a half hour day nap. Help.
1: Most don't sleep till seven.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry for laughing. Sorry about Bec. that. I, I, I only I only had a little <laughs> chuckle because my kids, as I've mentioned many times, they're like five and seven now, and they still don't sleep till seven. So.
1: Look, you've probably got a friend whose child sleeps till seven in the morning, but that child has probably slept till seven in the morning from when it was really little, and it's just naturally, you know, needs about twelve hours at night. But most children would only sleep about eleven. 11 and a half, especially as a two and a half year old. And it would also be dependent on how much sleep he might be having in the day. Um, So if he's having sleep in the day, I can sort of see how he's waking at 5.30 in the morning because he might have had an hour and a half or two hours in the day. And it's reasonable that he would get up at 5.30. So it would be dependent on what might, he has an hour and a half sleep in the day. It doesn't say what time. So I would have him up by two o'clock. So maybe going down sort of around 12.30 till 2.00 and then putting him down at 7.30 and you'll probably get out of that 5.30 window. So Well, maybe she could look forward to 6, 6.30. I reckon she could get to 6 really easily, even quarter past 6.00. Um, because otherwise it's going to feel very sad on Sunday when that 5.30 is a 4.30. So I I would do this in the next two days. So have him up by 2 in the afternoon, put him to bed at 7.30, and I think that will be just enough of a push to get him over the 6 o'clock mark and that after 6 o'clock is reasonable. So you could dream about a 7, but it's not most likely to happen till he's 16 and you can't get him out of bed before (laughs) 10.
2: There's some hopeful (laughs) advice.
1: (laughs) So hopefully that small adjustment will just edge him over to a little bit more reasonable timeframe.
0: Yeah. Well, definitely six is easier yeah. than five thirty, isn't it? Six forty five to be really lovely. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Jane has a note of thanks. Thank you um, so much for your advice last week regarding my twenty month old resisting his naps. We've shuffled timing around and have already noticed a great difference. He's going down a lot easier for his naps. Oh, that's great. That's news. What we like to hear. So hopefully Beck will come back in a week yes. and go, you know what? Nope. You were wrong. <laughs> He's sleeping till seven. Um Vicky has a five month old She says, Hi, my little boy is five months old. I also have a daughter who is 26 months old. My boy doesn't have any sort of routine. My daughter naturally developed hers and I thought the same would happen with my son. I try to ensure awake times aren't more than two to three hours. It's often hard to put him down when he gets tired, just as I need to deal with my daughter. My daughter is at daycare three days a week, so I do get some days mostly alone with him. For the last week, he's been a nightmare to get down to sleep. He thrashes around, whinging and fighting sleep for about an hour. Last night, it took two hours. Ouch. He even drifts off for 10 minutes and then wakes again, whinging and thrashing around. He's also starting to fight day sleeps and taking ages to fall asleep in the pram, which used to be easy. I feel like he's overtired at the end of the day, which is making it hard to get him down. He usually has three to four naps a day, five months old. He sleeps well at night, though waking once, maybe twice, and falling back to sleep easily after the bottle. There isn't any regular sleep or awake time at night either. He is formula fed, if that's relevant. My son is rocked and padded to sleep unless he falls asleep in a car or pram. I hadn't planned to start teaching him to self-settle till after six months, as I have read it's best to wait till after then. That's from Vicky. Wow.
1: So there's a lot going on there. But from the information, and you've given us really good information, I'd say that two to three hours is a bit long for a five-month-old to be awake. And so I think you're getting this progressively overtired baby. So, um I, you can settle him whichever way you feel comfortable, but I might be more aware of when he might need to go to sleep. So I would think at the very latest with a five month old, they'd be showing really clear signs of tiredness around two hours at a maximum. So maybe if you yourself look at him at two hours. He would have to be the happiest little camper out for me to think I wouldn't be putting him to bed. So I wouldn't change the way that you're comfortably putting him to bed with the rocking and the patting, but I would be a little bit more aware of those signs because three hours is a very long time for a fun five-month-old to be awake. So bottle-fed to breastfed, I don't think that makes a difference. Um, He should have about four bottle feeds in the day and possibly a meal started by five months. Um, but otherwise, the three feet, the three naps in the day is really good. Um, but I think the predominant thing here is that if he's staying awake for two to three hours, he's already very tired by the time you put him to bed. And that sort of explains why you understand he's tired at the end of the day. So I think if you watch him a little bit, Um, closer in or around that two hours that whinging um, the disengaging where he won't concentrate or keep eye contact uh, rubbing of the eyes and yawning would be sort of a late signal then um, I think if you catch it a little bit before then he'll be a little bit easier and he might sleep a little bit better and it could make a difference to your nights.
0: Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed Play Love will be back answering more questions right after this. Hi I'm Siobhan Hunt When you become a parent, you enter an exclusive club. Come on, we've all been there. We've all pushed (laughs) our children's poo down (laughs) Down the the drain of the shower or bath. (laughs) One that only other parents and carers can truly understand. The Parent Panel is a weekly podcast that invites adults to ponder the big questions of looking after small children, with more than a bit of humour mixed in. Join us for The Parent Panel wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. This question comes from Michelle. I've been listening to your podcast and finding lots of useful gems of information. That is our Chris Minogue. Thank you. <laughs> Glad it's working for you, Michelle. I have a question regarding sleep and feeding. Yep. I'm a first-time mum with a 15-month-old son who has never been a good sleeper. After many, many failed attempts oh. to get him to sleep in his cot, he now sleeps on a mattress on the floor in his room. We have made this situation safe and it yep. seems to be working well. Normally, he sleeps from 8 till 7, goes to sleep quickly, but still wake wakes up for a bottle at 11 and 3 if he's oh, not okay. sick or teething. My question is, how do I encourage him to drop a feed or both and work towards him sleeping through the night? I have tried substituting a drink for a drink of water or trying to settle him back to sleep when he wakes up instead of feeding. But he has a tantrum and it causes him to wake up fully. Mm. In regards to his diet, he still has two bottles of goat's milk formula during the day and eats three meals and a snack. He loves a variety of food and has a good intake in terms of volume and nutrients. I'd love any advice you could share with me.
1: Okay, so you've got a good little day pattern going, and you've made his room safe and you've put the mattress on there. That's going to be part of the problem because um, he's got a big space to move around, and so as he wakes up and. Often, you know, the older they get, they get up, they move around in their cot. He's going to get up and move around that room. So you're using the room as a cot, so to speak, and maybe have a gate on the door or something like that. So, in regards to the two feeds he has overnight, um, what I would start to do is I would. Um, reduce the amount of milk that you're putting in the bottle. So say you're putting 150 in each of those bottles over a couple of days or a week, I just start reducing it down by 50. So he has 100 for a couple of nights and 50 for a couple of nights, and then you only get down to 50 in the bottle now, I personally don't substitute formula for water because I think, well, if you're going to get up to get water, you may as well get up and give him formula. Um, and often I don't find that the water works. They just throw it away as if to say, go and get me what I really want. But once you get down to the 50 mils in both bottles, it's time to actually just teach him to resettle. And obviously there's been you know, you've tried different ways of resettling. So then what you need to do is take the approach of how you put him to bed at night um, and for his day sleep and apply that at the 11 and the three when he wakes up. I would keep his two day bottles and his meals in the day. I wouldn't change anything you're doing in the day So I would wean him off those night feeds. So decrease, decrease, decrease till you get to a small amount. Then you're going to have to apply the same technique you use to get him to sleep at eight o'clock at night when he wakes overnight. And this won't be easy. So if you're having trouble with that, if you give us a call, I'll try and adapt what you've been doing to how to get him to sleep through the night. So wean it off and you should have some 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 success.
0: See how you go, Michelle. And like Chris said, maybe if you can give us a call next week if you need any tweaks and further help with settling him through the night, please yeah. do that. Um, Steph has uh, seven going on, eight-month-old. Hey, guys. Thank you for your help in the past. Ooh. My son is going to be eight months on the 24th of April. I'm just wondering how many milk bottles he should be having in a 24-hour period. Should I be offering solids before milk at this age? Also, would you recommend dream feeds at this age?
1: No, I wouldn't recommend dream feeds because. From about eight months, he doesn't really require feeds during the night if he's feeding well and eating well during the day. So for an eight-month-old, it's quite similar to the seven-month-old routine. Um, The next big change is probably around nine months, but some eight-month-olds will adapt better in their nine-month routine. So an eight-month-old for me would have four bottles um, and three meals, and a nine-month-old would have three bottles and three meals. So it doesn't really matter which of those two he's on at eight months, but if he's effectively having three to four bottles in the day, three meals and two sleeps then you're in a position where he doesn't require feeds at night and we would start to do some resettling and resettling and see if we can get him to understand how to sleep through the night. So I think you don't need to offer the solids before the milk because we actually want a nice balance between the amount of fluid he takes to the amount of bottles. So a typical eight-month-old pattern for me would be a morning bottle and then about an hour later he would have his breakfast. Then he might have a little bottle when he gets up from his first sleep, almost like a little drink. Then he'd have lunch and then he'd have a bottle before he goes down for his afternoon sleep. Then he'd have his dinner around five o'clock and then he'd have a bottle before he went down in the evening. And that's very loosely, that little bottle when he gets up in the um, after his morning sleep, that's going to wean off and drop off by nine months. So don't get too concerned if he really doesn't want it and he'd prefer something in his hand to eat. I think he'd still be getting enough food in the whole day to sustain him through the night.
0: Okay, good luck, Steph. Um, Mm -hmm. Leah? My daughter says my daughter is nine months old, and I'll be going back to work about five weeks before her first birthday. Yep. She seems to have some separation anxiety issues, and I'm concerned about how to help her adjust to daycare. If my husband or I aren't around to hold her, she cries and screams and is inconsolable. <sighs> I tried giving her a one-off day at daycare, and they couldn't settle her, and I had to go get her after a few hours. Yeah. Wow, she was teething at the time and going through a clingy phase, which probably didn't help. Yeah. Since then, we've been spending 10 minutes a week um, in the daycare room to try and help her adjust, but she's inconsolable as soon as she can't see me and distraction doesn't seem to help. We don't have any family nearby, so can't really practice leaving her with mum for 20 minutes. I didn't have any issues like this with my son, so I'm not sure what to do.
1: It's called separation anxiety, and it's really common in nine-month-olds. months month, nine month Um Maybe your son did a little bit of it, but not enough that's so noticeable. And it can last for three, this is the sad bit, three days, three weeks, three months. Hmm. So let's hope this is just a blimp. Um, So what I would do is I'd sort of not take her to daycare at the moment because that's too much of a struggle. And we're going to, you know, just give her a lot of reassurance. So at home being in the same room with her, but not constantly holding her like a cling-on. I know that's what she wants, but if you constantly do that, it's almost going to exacerbate that behavior. So I'm in the room with her. I'm doing a little activity with her, stacking blocks, knocking them down, stacking blocks, knocking them down. Then I might go and do something for a little bit, maybe, you know, stack a dishwasher, um, fold some linen, and then I come back and give her another bit of reassurance. Then I walk away a little bit more and then I come back a little bit more. Until this behaviour settles down, it is really common behaviour. It's just that maybe your son didn't exhibit as as much
0: or to this depth. And in in a way, um, when you say it's common for her yeah. age, could she feasibly be better? one like
1: oh she... she'll be much better by one there
0: you go. yeah yeah that's so good, good that's use. the first thing is i wouldn't worry about it with
1: the daycare part because okay. that's three months in a child's behavior is you know like chalk and cheese. Yeah. Mm. so i think we accept this as just part of where she's at in her development at the moment and we're going to slowly slowly start to draw away from her so things like you, you do you don't have family nearby so making sure that you say to your husband you know hand her over to your husband and say i'm going and i'll be back soon so making sure that she knows that you're leaving and coming back but apparently she cries with with your husband leaving as well mm. so the next thing that you do is once you lead her then so give it a good month before you introduce her back to daycare. And if you have the time, the first week um, I would go and I would sit there for 20 minutes and sit in the room on the floor with her and let her come backwards and forwards so that she feels secure in that space. And then the next week I might sit with her for 20 minutes and then just leave for 20 minutes and come back and sit with her for 20 minutes. And then the next week I might sit with her for 20 minutes, leave for an hour and then come back again and really take a slower approach at grading her into daycare care. And I think you'll find that that will um, help her and help that separation anxiety. But I wouldn't do that for about another month.
0: All right, Leah, I hope that helps. We have time for one last question. It comes from Jane. My son is almost 14 months and will not drink cow's milk. I breastfed him, I breastfeed him morning and night. My mother... Yep, Yep, Mothercraft nurse has advised me not to drop any more breastfeeds until he's drinking cow's milk. However, I am very keen to wean him. I have been trying for almost two months to get him to drink cow's milk. I've tried mixing breast milk and in smoothies. I have tried in a bottle, sippy cup straw sippy cups and an open cup. (laughs) He drinks water from an open cup, but he will not drink express breast milk or cow's milk from any of these. I try at different times of the day. He will not take it from dad or his daycare carers either. The only cow's milk he has is in his porridge. Do I need to keep breastfeeding him to ensure he is getting all the nutrients he needs?
1: No. So some children and this child doesn't like cow's milk. You have given it a good shot. So don't get too concerned about it. If he doesn't want cow's milk, he doesn't need to drink cow's milk. He can substitute that with water. As long as he's drinking well, doesn't matter what he's drinking, you're absolutely fine. And you can wean your breastfeeds down as you need to. And he'll just substitute them with water. Water in a sippy cup while you read him a story at night will be fine. What I would do though, is I'd put A few more dairies in his day. So a little bit of yogurt, a cheese sandwich, grating cheese on his uh, his meal at night or giving it grated instead of chopped. I just put a little bit more dairy in his diet, but nothing. If he's a good eater, I wouldn't go overboard with that. And then he'll just substitute to water. So he doesn't need to drink cow's milk if he doesn't like cow's milk, because he can pick it up through
0: other sources. And you can also wean. Yeah, you can wean. Back. Start Ooh. with the morning one and then drop the evening one when you're ready. Gotta say, as much as I love breastfeeding, there's nothing like, like getting your body back. Them go. And, <laughs> <laughs> well, Jane, good luck with that. And that's all we have time for this week on Helpline and Feed Play Love. If you're watching along live on the Babyology Facebook page, a big thank you for all your questions. If you've been listening to us via the podcast but would like to ask Chris your questions live, you can join us every Friday at 11.30 a.m. It will be Australian Eastern Standard Time next week on the Babyology Facebook page. Just search for Babyology on Facebook. We'll be there. You can write your questions in the comments section or call us and speak live to Chris on the Helpline hotline. It's 1-800-543-772. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Always a pleasure. This has been Helpline on Feed, Play, Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. If you want to ask Chris your questions for the next episode, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. ODD, Oppositional Defiance Disorder. It's the most common reason a parent will take their child to see a psychologist. So how can you tell if your child has ODD or is just going through a challenging time? every single child at some point will do all of those things yes all of those things particularly at certain ages you know the kind of terrible twos or three and ages whatever you, whenever it peaks for your child you see those behaviors so i think for a lot of people they think well this shouldn't be a diagnosis this is normal behavior what makes this different is when the behaviors are occurring more frequently more severely than the children in their same developmental age range That's Dr. Caroline Moll from the School of Psychology at Sydney University. In the next episode of Feed, Play, Love, she's explaining ODD and how it's treated. This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper and hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt.